Hey guys, welcome to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name is Eric. This is Tyler. And we are back. Tyler, it is Thanksgiving week. I have one question for you. What's your favorite kind of pie? Oh, I thought you were going to say, how about them cowboys? (laughs) Favorite type of pie? I like, oh man, I like, I honestly... Going just to the staple. I love apple pie. Yeah. With like hot apple pie with some ice cream. Same. Or like peach cobbler with some ice cream. Ooh. Yeah, that does it for me. That peach though. Yeah, that's 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 a good choice. My favorite is apple pie. I cannot tear down turn down an apple really? pie. Really? It's your favorite. It is my favorite. And ironically. That's amazing. Y'all, I actually didn't know that. Well, here we go. Here's the story, y'all. Tyler <laughs> We're recording, and Tyler, like, after we're done, he goes, dude, I totally forgot. I bought you a pie. And I'm like, what? And he just, <laughs> he just brings out this, this like, jumbo-sized apple pie and bless my life. So the Lord loves me. Thank- <laughs> Thankfulness, man. That is, I'm that is thankful. wonderful. What are, what are you thankful for, Tyler? Oh, I'm thankful for a lot of things. This house. Whoa. This house. Somebody this asked nice me recently, house. someone asked me recently about what are you thankful for and what are you praising God for? And the first thing that popped in my mind was this house just because I had, I've been a nomad, man. Yeah. I've been a nomad for a lot of years. I've moved 10 times since I was in college. No I'm, way. I'm, 10 times? 10 times. I'm, wow. I'm 31 right now, but 10 times since I was 22. Oh my goodness. So uh, yeah, you can, you can divide that up. That averages out to at least one a year. Wow. So... Spent a lot of time at U-Haul. <laughs> probably should have some equity in that company by right. now. And so I'm thankful to have a home because the Lord, he, there was some really miraculous stuff that came about for me to be able to get this home and move out of the the other apartment that I was in. And he had been speaking to me about moving for months and months before. And I didn't understand how is that even possible because I, I work in an, an industry now where you don't have a W-2. And... If you're familiar with the lending industry and real estate, you you normally need at least two years, or at least maybe a year and a half to two years of tax returns of a stable job. So I had I had gotten into real estate a year and a half ago, and because you're a 1099 employee, um, it becomes difficult to be able to prove certain levels of income, especially when you're like plowing at the beginning in real estate and trying to get your your feet set. So, anyways, the Lord opened the door miraculously to get this house, and I'm so grateful for it. I live right down the road from my office, right down the road from church. It was in the area that I wanted, and it was it had the main features that I was looking for, and I, I wrote a little story about it in, in the book that I wrote recently in Prophetic Personalities, but I had, I had been looking at different houses, and like every one of them that I went up to, it was a no half the time before I even got out of the car. And so I actually was like, did I hear, like, what is going on? And the Lord kept telling me to wait. And the second, like, I got into this house, it felt different. So I mm. knew that there was something with this house and this location that he wanted me in. And I'm I'm very, very grateful for it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, thank you. And let that be a testimony for all of you who are looking for houses. I just pray that there would be a grace for God to open the door for people to whether it's moving out of an apartment or upgrading, whatever it is, I pray that the Lord would release that. Just, yeah. to just there's so much power in testimony, and just, um, I, yeah, I just pray for God's favor and provision over people who are in similar situations. Yeah, Amen. So if you couldn't, if you couldn't guess, we are talking about thankfulness today on the Pilgrims Podcast. You know, and I think it's just, I, I think thankfulness is such a 
overlooked topic. Like, we're being kind of cliche because, you know, it's Thanksgiving week and we're like, oh, let's talk about thankfulness. And honestly, we should talk about it more because I feel like it's such a powerful thing. Um, when we lived in such a blessed nation, such a wealthy nation, such a um, nation that has access to, we can literally get food whenever we want. We can we have electricity twenty four seven, high speed Wi Fi internet connection. I mean, we got air conditioning for crying out loud and heat. I'm like, it's yeah. it's crazy. All you've got to do is go on a missions trip to a third world country for yeah. a week, and you'll realize how privileged we are. That'll humble you. It'll quick. humble you so quick. I remember being in Brazil a couple times and realizing, like, even just the little things that you take for granted. I know we've have some friends who've done missions work in Africa. Same thing. But ironically, when they when they come back, they they miss life out there because it's simpler. Yeah, I felt the same thing in Brazil. I'm not like the food was was cleaner. There wasn't as much um, extra preservatives in it. Yeah, and <laughs> and the sun was was it was it was just beautiful. Like I think well, we went during a warmer time of year, which helped. But mm-hmm. it was it was wonderful. Just simple life. People just loving Jesus. Very very poor in spirit, I guess you would say. Type mm-hmm. of people. They're 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 not clinging to material possessions, but you uh, we just have a lot of things here, abundance. Yeah. So we have a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, and thankfulness does something when like you know we're we're. <laughs> I remember I'd be you know so frustrated about things I didn't have, and I thank God for my wife because she is like one of the most like optimistic people I know. Remember like when we were first getting or when we were first married, and we didn't you know. I forget what the situation was. I didn't have the job I wanted or whatever. And I kept going on and on and on. And I thank God she's so patient with me. But she eventually said, Eric, why don't you write down 10 things you're thankful for? Oh, Ashley coming in. I know. She's like, just just write down 10 things you're thankful for, then get back to me. I think we were tech. I was like, probably, that's what it was. I was texting her at work. I worked I worked at this, you know, I'm, th- I'm thankful for it now, but uh, I, at the time I was <laughs> not. Um, I was working as a media kind of person for a school board in Florida, and it was just not, I I was very limited in creativity and I was making this stuff I wasn't proud of, but the Lord called me there. And it was just this, you know, it was, it was a very crucifying time, but I I did, I wrote down 10 things I was thankful for and I felt better. Like it lifted off of me, not completely, but I mean, to a degree, maybe for that day, (laughs) it lifted off to me because I was like, man, I I do have a lot to be thankful for. I do have a lot to rejoice in and celebrate. Um, It's so easy to get so entitled, so used to what we have. And then, you know, what's the, what's, we don't have, you you don't know what you have until it's gone kind of deal. Um, and I, and I've seen that a lot in my life too, but, um, thankfulness is a powerful tool. Yeah, it is. Way to go, Ashley B. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to my wifey. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. A great thing. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yes, sir. Thankfulness though. Yes. Thankfulness is, it slows us down and that's what I think is so powerful about it because it forces you to be present where you are and to be mindful. I mean, people who don't even follow the Lord try to implement these things. And obviously without the power of the Lord's spirit, they can't maintain it, but they try to be mindful of the food, the food they're eating or the community they're with. And there's, 
uh, one of the things that I think sometimes we get in tension with in the charismatic church is we want to be thankful with where we are, but there's so much more we're pursuing. Mm. And we have prophetic words and we have promises over our life and we have visions of what God wants to do. And yet we're kind of stuck in this tension between the two things. And I, I have learned that, and this was actually just from different like mentor type people that have spoken into my life. They've, they've told me to not to measure my life by what happens in a day or a week or even a month, but really to look at it over seasons of time or years of time. And even sometimes maybe even months, like not trying to judge my progress by a really short period of time. Because if I do and I get too critical, then like I come out of thankfulness. And when I come out of thankfulness, it's harder to encounter his presence because the Bible says we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So one of the ways that we engage with the presence of God, perhaps the primary way before we even enter into some of these beautiful encounters in worship or even more intense times in prayer, is through thanksgiving. So anything that diverts us from that is actually taking away from our communion and our intimacy with the Lord. Right. Thankfulness is mentioned, according to Google, um, 71 times in the New Testament. I think that's a, a lot of times that is a lot. mentioned thankfulness. And if God is highlighting that so much, there must be something that he's saying about that. There is. And actually one of, one of well, I don't This is probably, I don't know if this is one of the references, but this is a passage a lot of people will, will, will know or a verse. It's 2 Timothy 3, 2. And actually I'll read the first verse too. It says, understand this. In the last days, there will come times of difficulty. People will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, Mm. unholy, heartless, and it goes on and goes on. It says lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. We skip over to some some of these words sometimes to get to the bigger things like they have the appearance of godliness and deny its power, avoid such people. We, we hear sermons on these types of things. We, we hear sermons about being lovers of self and lovers of money, but we don't usually hear sermons about being ungrateful. Right. But that's one of the primary, one, everyone say primary, primary, primary hallmarks of the last days is there will be a lack of thankfulness. This is the Apostle Paul prophesying wow. under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So you might say, well, okay, well, if there's a lack of thankfulness, what is, what is there? Well, the opposite of thankfulness is entitlement. Mm. Entitlement, it just basically means I have rights or I'm owed something. Mm. And I don't think we have to be super intelligent or even super informed to realize that is rampant in our culture. Yes. I have rights. I'm owed this. You don't get to do that to me. That's my position. Mm-hmm. This is this is what God has promised me. If it's in the church, if it's not, they may have other words to say, but entitlement is the opposite. It's the counterpart to thankfulness. Yeah. And in the kingdom, you don't have rights. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> you surrendered. You are no, it's no longer you, but Christ in you. It's, uh, we have to get past the, oh, I'm going to do what I want to do. No. What is God telling you to do? That's what you're going to do. And then we question ourselves so many times of like, oh, I don't know why my life's so chaotic. I don't know why. Yeah, is there difficulty? Is there, you know, things that happen just because life? Yes. But disobedience to to God can also cause that craziness. So yeah, we we no longer got rights uh, in the kingdom of God. We 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 just we surrender and I'm thankful for that. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. There's a hymn from the eighteen nineties, eighteen ninety seven to be specific. 
It's by this guy, Johnson Oatman. You ever heard of him? I have not. You might. Well, this, this next part might ring a bell. He was a real prolific hymn writer in the 1800s. He was the son of a gospel singer. He wrote this, this hymn called Count Your Blessings. Mm. And the, the first couple lines go like this. When, a, when upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed. You see, this is 1800s language here. Right. We need a Gen Z version. <laughs> when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one. I've heard that. I've heard that. That's, I yeah. figured you'd get that. It's probably on a board somewhere. Who knows? Charcuterie board or something. <laughs> and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. hath done. It's kind of King James type, That's right. type stuff. Yeah, count, count your blessings, name them one by one. What are, what are some ways that you think, like, you could be you or just for our listeners, like, that they could cultivate thankfulness and cultivate that mindset of counting their blessings one by one? I love the whole analogy you used before at the mission strip thing. I mean, that will definitely put your mind in perspective. Or even, you don't even have to go on a mission strip. Just go to inner city. You go into any inner city and you'll and you'll real quick sober up. Go down. It, you know what? You don't even have to go into inner city. You could like it's all around us. Like you just go into that 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 part of the neighborhood. You know what I'm talking about? Like go just go in the hood. Like right. you'll get thankful real quick. Um, uh, recounting, I think, also recounting um, what God has done in your life. Just literally thinking back of like your journey. And maybe write it down. Maybe talk it out with somebody. Maybe tell somebody about tell your that journey. testimony. Made it. We need to bring back testimony time. Come on now. You, did you have testimony time growing up? Well, I went to a Baptist type church okay. for a long time, and then a more of a non well kind of Baptist. So I don't think they did that type of stuff. You okay. were more Pentecostal, right? Yeah, I grew up in the Assemblies of God, and we didn't do it all the time. But like we we would testify. We get up there and and tell what God has done in our life. And there's something powerful in that. And honestly, it needs to come back in purity because <laughs> people try to hog the mic, hog the mic, and start gossiping. We need to pray for Sister So and So. Oh my gosh, I've seen that happen. It's not pretty. Um, <laughs> But like no, we uh, we have. There's power in testimony. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and and that actually will create faith in other people, and also create faith in you. Um, I think also maybe this is what we need to do sometimes. Now I'm getting on a faith rant, but come on. But but it, it goes with thankfulness too. Like when maybe go before you go to church, write down ten things you're thankful for. Maybe write down a testimony of what God's done in your life, and 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 meditate on it, and med- meditate on the scripture, but also meditate on those the things that God has done in your life. And when you come to church, you're not going to be so faithless and so out like no gas in the tank. Actually, there's going to be gas in the tank just because you started thinking about the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God and the how He's brought you out of the things. Man, I feel like preaching right now. <laughs> More Lord. <laughs> there's, there's, More there's, Lord. When you start to like stir yourself, it stirs you. It really does. It begins to stir your heart and your and your and your mind and your spirit. And it's like now you actually have something to give when you come to church. Maybe maybe that's for somebody. You need to actually stir yourself before you come to the church building. Wow. I, I here's something that popped in my mind when you were saying that. When's the last time we wrote ten things we were thankful for for our leaders? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Maybe that'll counteract some offense and like, oh, they don't recognize me. Oh, I'm not I don't have the microphone. I oh, need to go I need to go write down ten things right now. <laughs> ten, yeah. Just ten ten things you're thankful for for one of your leaders. I, I just when's the last time we did stuff like that? Yeah. When's the last time we just wrote wrote one of our leaders a thank you card just because we felt like we should? 
not because they gave us a gift or they or it's pastor appreciation month right. or something. What yeah, when's the last time we like prayed for, yeah, we could do a whole podcast on that too. It's believe. powerful. Yeah. That'll destroy the power of of just that wit that little chatter in yeah. our ear from the devil like in milliseconds of, of that criticism, that critical spirit, that competition stuff. We've yeah. talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Like that that will destroy it. I'm th- and even just like friendships that we have that might be under we can tell they're under attack. What if we started just writing down things we were thankful for for our friends? Right. And and then also told them too. Like there's a power in that. Yes. Cuz it it doesn't help all, I mean Unless God says no, it doesn't always help for me to say the five things I'm thankful for for Eric if I just don't say them to him. Right. Like, what if he needs that encouragement? Right. And that's something, you're right, that has to be something daily we do. It's not just, oh, we're around the Thanksgiving table and Aunt Sally proposes the question, what are you thankful for? And then we go around and it's a nice hallmark moment and then we'll do it in another 364 days. Most of the time, those are... I don't feel a whole lot of weight on it anyways, because it's it's like... like, It's religion. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's forced. (laughs) Right, yeah, and it can't... That, mm, it's forced. It's not, it's not this thing that's a daily thing. It's not this thing that's like a, it's, it's, it's not in our DNA, but it has mm-hmm. to be in our DNA because we have to be a people of thankfulness. You know, the Israelites were people, a people of thankfulness. Maybe not all the time. They grumbled and complained a lot or whatever, but they also, when they, when they, when God told them, build a memorial, build memorial stones, you know, they, they, they ingrained it in their culture when they, you know, go through their holidays or their feast and stuff, they, they remember and are thankful you know but that's and but like i said they weren't perfect but and we're not perfect but that's something we should strive for is to be a person of thankfulness 100 percent. i'm getting stirred up because i'm thinking about just different scriptures deuteronomy 32 7 says remember the days of old consider the years of many generations ask your father and he will show you Mm. the elders and they will tell you you imagine if we created just culture like that in our families where it's 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 normal to have story time of, of miracle stories and wow. things that we've shared so that that's the God that we think about and our kids think about and, and their friends think about when they're over for dinner. That is a great idea. That is a great... Honestly, I kind of want to implement that in my own family now. Like, okay, once a month or, hey, do it as much as you want, but okay, you know, grab the kids, grab the grandkids, grab the whole family together. We're going to share stories with this new generation of what God has done for I I can't tell you how many stories my grandparents have shared you know my my grandfather and grandmother I honor them so much 50 years of ministry have have seen all maybe close to all of it having have been through the ups the downs the lefts the rights and everything in between but the stories they tell me of God's provision God's um, friendship, God's love, God's just, it stirs me and it creates faith in me. I think Thanksgiving and faith go hand in hand. Yes. I really do. So that's really good. As far as like, well, I think we said what we're thankful. Did you say what you were thankful for? Did I ask you that? I don't know. What, no, are, you, what, I, are, you, what are you thankful for? Oh man. A lot of the first thing that comes, and it's the cliche, but it's true, is my wife and my La child. Familia. My I knew it was family. Coming. Yes, I am so thankful for my family. I would not be here without my wife. My son is just a, so beautiful, and I love, I just, I can't believe he's, he's here. And it was so, so I would say family. Um, he's, I, a, he's a baby model. Yeah, yeah. He could be. <laughs> he could be a Gerber baby. 
<laughs> you know, my parents actually they had a competition for the new Gerber baby, and my parents like you should do that. I'm like, there was like, oh, that would be that prize money would be nice, but <laughs> I don't think I would want my son on every bottle of baby formula. <laughs> nah, but thank you. I got us got us bigger that. plans for him. That's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, family, I am thankful for our church. I'm so thankful for the church we're a part of. It's, it, it has been such a blessing to my family and to, to, I know so many people in this community, in this region, and, uh, I'll have to put a funny one in there. I'm thankful for the Philadelphia Eagles, baby. Come oh. on. Go birds. What are y'all? You're eight and one? Nine and one. Nine and one. Yes, sir. And you guys are doing good. I, I will say Dallas is doing good. It's Cur- going to be a amazing Christmas Eve. Two, I was about to say two words. <laughs> Christmas Eve. Eve. Here we go. And you're going to be in Texas. I know. Man, it's all good. Playoff time. Who knows? We'll that's see them cool. again. We'll so, okay. So that's what you're thankful for. All right. A bit of a, a different type of question off that. Okay. What is something you're thankful for? That did not happen. Ooh. Like maybe something that you were you really wanted, you were you were like maybe even praying for it or whatever else, and God shut the door. He said no. He cut the relationship off, and you look back and you're like, "Thank you, Jesus." <laughs> um, <laughs> first thing that comes to my mind is just relationships in general, um, not just romantically, but like, uh, but also in like people who are in ministry and stuff who were great people but like you know and i wanted to link up with them and stuff but like there was just you know i look back and you know i i look up you know i hate to say but their character now and stuff i'm like thank god that didn't happen or people who you know you know that i wanted to pursue and cut off and i look back and i'm like thank god i know people listening right now you're thinking the same thing you're like thank god that didn't work out (laughs) i listened to a prophecy recently by a a very well-known minister and the first line was so and so thank god you didn't go to the altar with that man whoa i know it's kind of like ooh, man imagine getting called out and that's that's your beginning of your prophetic word. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What about you? What's what are you thankful for something that didn't happen? Oh my goodness. There's a couple. Uh the one that I would, Okay. So when I was let's see, I was 20 23 or 24, I was I was living in Kansas City. Mm. I was working for this company called Cerner. I was doing EHR implementations in hospitals. EHR is basically electronic health records. Oh, okay. So the back back in the day, they did all of your paper, your charts on paper. So you'd go in, there'd be a file for Eric Burling, and it had all of your your blood pressure, it had sure. all of your records for all the times that you had visited. And there was a mandate given by the government back in uh, it was during Obama's ter- first term or something, where they would give money to hospitals to convert to electronic records. Oh, okay. And so what we would do is we would travel to hospitals and help convert them from a paper-based system to an electronic system. Very extensive process. Riveting. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it's pretty, well, it's very people-based, too. It was, oh, it was okay. a lot of fun. So, like, I, I, I was on the nursing floor, and if you ever work with nurses, they have a really good sense of humor. Bro, I'm married to one. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, nurses and therapists. So I was working with them, and you're, you're helping people convert from one way of life or transform I should say from one one way of living to another and so it was it's actually a, was a lot of fun but it's a 7 month project oh wow because you you there's a lot of work that goes into it i mean you you're upending everything that they know how to do and training them in a way that's sustainable Building, yeah. when you're not there a whole new foundation whole new foundation new system. Yeah, there's a lot i feel the you know, there's metaphors here oh yeah if you're catching 
for those who have ears to hear. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. So at the end of my seven-month project, I had... Uh, there's a friend of mine in this area, Barbara Works. Some mm-hmm. of you listeners uh, will know her. She's a spiritual mom to me and to, and to many. So she had prophesied over me that I would travel with Jamie Galloway or Randy Clark. And she felt very strongly that I was going to be connected to Jamie Galloway at this time. That's a whole other story. But that this was months before. And she would always kind of remind me of it, like that that was, that was something that God was going to do. I was not convinced for a while. And then my heart began to change. My project ended, and I was moving back, like going to be full-time back in Kansas City, um, and was going to get assigned to a new project, which would take me to a completely different location in, in the country. So like, I would come out to Pennsylvania Monday through Thursday every week, and then I'd fly back for so, seven months straight. Fly back to where? Back to Kansas City. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So every I, week? Every week. So I was on a team of people. We would tr- we'd get up super early Monday morning, Kansas City, and we would fly out to, we'd fly to Baltimore. We'd drive up to York, Pennsylvania, and we'd go to the hospital and start working. And then Thursday around noon, we'd drive back to BWI and head back home. For seven months? Seven months, yeah. Wow. All kinds of hotel rewards, my man. <laughs> I bet. I think I was, I was a Marriott Platinum member for probably even for years. Oh, my because goodness. Because of that. Yeah. You're going to, you're going, yeah. There's a lot of cool perks to it, but you, you get used to it. You're young, and they know. Yeah. You we'll just, get the young guys and the young girls and the young bucks, and we'll just send them out there, and they'll travel for us. So, I had told uh, I had told Barbara, I told some other friends, hey, um, you know, my project's ending, and um, I, I get back to Kansas City, and my manager calls me, and it had always been my desire to live and to go to Australia, always been my desire. So she calls me, and she goes, hey, we have an international opportunity. Like, are, are you interested? And I said. Are you kidding me? Yeah. She goes, it's in Brisbane, Australia. No She way. said, you and this other girl, her name was Jennifer. She was on a different project in Coatesville. She said, the two of you, like, we've selected you two, and we, we are going to send you to our Cerner Australia office to do a project out there for six months. No way. I, I was, yeah, I was like, this is God. This is amazing. <laughs> this is incredible. So I, I said, all right, well, what do I need to do? I said, is this like a sure thing? She said, I'm 90% sure this is going to happen. So you need to begin making arrangements, get your passport ready. And it's likely like within the next month, month and a half, we're going to send you out there. I start, I mean, what do I do? I'd start telling my friends, I'm going to Australia. Sure. I can. Yeah. I'll see you later. I'll see you later, mate. Yeah. I don't know. That's a horrible accent. But kangaroo Jack. Yeah. Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. I'm about to, <laughs> about to do a Crocodile Dundee references. Is that New Zealand or Australia? I think it was Australia. Crocodile Dundee. Now that's a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> that's not a knife. Anyways, <laughs> totally different reference. But I, I called Barbara, I remember, and I said, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to Brisbane. And sorry, maybe the Jamie thing will happen some other day, but... And my heart was was starting to become open to it. It was like, that'd be cool. But but right now, like, there's other things going on, and I would love to go to Australia. She's very much a knower type yeah. of person, very discerner, just kind of knows it or doesn't know. Mm-hmm. And she she respond. I expected to hear something out of her at that time, like, a, oh, that's awesome. Congratulations. Oh, you've always desired to go there. That's kind of what normal people would say. Sure. She is not normal in a good way. But <laughs> yeah. she, goes, she goes, hmm, sorry, kiddo. I don't... I don't did you ask the Lord about that? Oh. And in my mind, I'm like, I don't need to ask the Lord. Right. It was, <laughs> that desire was so strong. 
It must be God. It must be God if I want it, right? Oh, oh Lord, even saying that now. I feel, dream, I feel, I feel shattering dream. No, I know. <laughs> I know. You can, y'all can pray for me. Oh, man. So then she goes, yeah, I don't know, kiddo. I don't know if that's going to happen. Did you pray about it? And I, I was like, what are you talking about? All right. And she's still convinced that I'm going to, that one day I'm supposed to travel with Jamie. And, and he lived at that time out near Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So within two weeks... The Australia thing falls apart completely. Oh my goodness! Out of nowhere, I go back to I go to the office one day, and the man, my manager goes, "Yeah, um, I don't know what's happened. They're just like not responding to us." And then a week later, "Yeah, I don't know what happened, but uh, they think that the work is not needed anymore, and they they just need remote work." And I went, "Oh boy!" And then it was probably a couple weeks later. I flew back up here to. Uh, Pennsylvania. I flew up to, I think it was BWI, drove up to Lancaster and was went to a meeting at um, Barbara and Dale's house. They used to host uh, meetings in their basement. Right, right. They have a big basement set up where they would host prophetic meetings. They had these twin prophets there, Hakeem, Naeem Collins. And Hakeem and, yeah, Hakeem um, prayed for me that day uh, when I got there. And by the way, I, I, I almost missed my flight. I had to spend the night in the middle of Maryland. It was a really rough, like I couldn't get there for the night before so I was only there for one meeting of theirs and I was like what am I doing up here like I, my assignments back in Kansas City so I uh I get there I come in and I like just roll downstairs and they're ministering and he comes up to me at the end and, and lays his hands on me and tells me a bunch of details about my life that he could have never known one of the most accurate prophetic words I've ever received in my life and it was multiple minutes long wow it wasn't like you're a beautiful flower, and the Lord will bloom you. <laughs> like it was, it was. It wasn't a, uh, a rubber band prophecy. No, it was so specific, and at least specific to me. Sure, that's what matters sure. because I, I do want to say to people who give prophetic words, even if it sounds general to you, it may not be general at all to them. Sure, that's true. So he, but but he was he was saying some stuff like, at the end though, he comes he, he comes to the point where he's kind of landing the plane on the prophecy, and he goes. Um, he goes, yeah, and the miracle that you need is coming when you go back. He's like, the thing you've been praying for, watch and see that the Lord's going to do it for you because your sacrifices are not in vain. And I was like, whoa, okay. So I go home, um, back to Kansas City, and um, or actually, I went to, went to church, and uh, they went to church with Jamie Galloway at that time out near Philly, and uh, Jamie found me before I left and said, hey, like, Oh, you look older in the spirit, is what he said. He was kind of very seer, metaphor type guy. Mm-hmm. I was like, I knew what he meant. He said, basically, you, you've grown since I've last seen you spiritually. He said, let's connect. I want to talk to you. Like, we can get, grab lunch or something. The next week, I go home and I have a dream where I walk into this room and Jamie is sitting at this table and he says, um, in the dream, he goes, I say, I'm seeing something in the spirit. I'm said, what does that what does that mean with that color? And he smirks at me and says, That's gonna be more expensive. And I woke up and I knew the Lord was saying, For you to go to the next level, there's gonna be a cost. Mm-hmm. Wow. The next day he called me and said, I want you to come travel with me and be an intern. And I initially said no. Uh-huh. Which yeah. which was uh was not the right answer. But after I got off the phone I realized, oh my gosh, I gotta call him back and um, that was not God. Like I was following my flesh. So I call him back and said, yes. And so I, at that point I, I went and, and talked to my manager and said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm quitting my job here. I'm going to go into ministry up in Pennsylvania and blah, 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 blah. And she said, wow, we were actually just today going to assign you to San Francisco. We had, oh, a, we had a thing. Wow. So I ended up, yeah, I ended up quitting. 
um, and then travel. And that's how it's actually how I got to Pennsylvania initially. So, wow. Yeah. Really? I don't think I knew. That yeah. That There's a lot of details to that story, and I think I probably shared more than I even anticipated when you asked that. But yeah. but let it be an encouragement to you. I'm, I'm thankful, even though I still would love to someday go to Australia, I'm really thankful the Lord shut that down because my life completely, completely changed when I moved to Pennsylvania. I mean, it was already in a lot of change before that, but it really, like, it was kind of a, a radical move to go um, after not even... I, I was barely at a year at my other company, and you're at that point. You're getting ready to make jumps, and you're you're creating a name for yourself. Not in a not in a bad way, but like sure, sure, sure. you know, in a business sense, you're you're right. you're getting world. some traction, and you're you're in line for certain things, and then you quit out of nowhere. So I did that, and I'm thankful as I look back. And I'm like, wow, like if I had if I had gotten what I wanted, I probably wouldn't be here. Right. God has a plan. Yeah, he and, does. Yeah, he's got a plan, man. But yeah, just even looking at like American history, he has a plan. Yeah. Have, have you ever studied the Pilgrims? Um, not as much as I I probably should, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I probably should look into it more since we have the Pilgrims podcast. Let me let me give you a, this is a quick trivia. Okay. 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 What was the name of the ship that they sailed on? The Mayflower. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, okay. How long was the journey from where they came from Europe? Oh man, oh, I'm gonna say a month and a half. That's actually that's actually pretty good. Sixty five days. Okay. Sixty five days. Okay. Not bad. How many passengers were on the Mayflower? Oh Lord, Holy Spirit, give me the answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. 362. <laughs> I don't know. It's close to 365. No, it was they had 102. Oh. So here are some fun here are just some fun facts. Like they at the end of the so all right, back up. So the pilgrims they're leaving England because they want religious freedom because at that time the Church of England was the the church. Right. And they had a lot of Roman Catholic traditions and there were people that wanted to separate from that. There were two groups, like one group just was trying to influence the, the church and say, hey, we should do things differently. There was another group that said, no, we want to worship completely the way that God has called us to worship. And they, they basically just left because they were monitored by the Church of England day and night. And if they, if they were caught worshiping the wrong way, they could be harassed, thrown in jail, persecuted, stuff that you read about in the Bible. Right. But they left and they, orig- they went to Holland for a time. And Holland did that, at that time in history was known for its religious tolerance. But the problem was, even though there was religious tolerance, there was also, there was a lot of immorality in the culture. Mm. And so they found that a lot of that cultural stuff was actually getting in and affecting the people. So eventually they they felt like they should leave. Yeah, they peaced out. They, They got out of there. And they were hoping to make it to New York, the Hudson River. Really? Yeah. So, and they left, they left, uh, a place I think they actually left Plymouth. Yeah. They departed from Plymouth, England, and they they were going to New York, but because of weather and because of low supplies, they had to they had to kind of divert their trip. They ended up at Plymouth, Massachusetts. Plymouth right. Rock. Wow. So they left Plymouth and they ended up at Plymouth. Mm-hmm. That's that's is it's very interesting. It's the same sure. spelling too. It's like God had a it's not just a coincidence, but they it's like God was 
was saying something in that, that what they started with, even though it may have been the same name, they were going to create something new from where they were coming from. I think sure. there's a lot of prophetic significance to that. And if you even just another fun fact, there's 35 million direct descendants today from those original pilgrims. Wow. Yeah. So you look, I mean, yeah, we're talking about thankfulness. Like the sacrifices of those pilgrims, of those people who wanted religious freedom, they, they put their lives on the line. Yeah, they were coming here. They, there was nothing here. Or, I mean, there was, there, you know, the Native Americans and everything. They had their, you know, tribes established and everything. But um, they had nothing. They, had, they came in here with whatever they could carry on that ship, and that was it. Yeah. And, you know, you know half of them died during the first winter here. Really? It was so rough, over half of them died. So that's what? That's 50-something. Yeah, 50 50-something yeah, of them died. And, and even uh, a number of the wives died, I think, on the trip over because it was a 65-day journey. Wow. That is wild. And so we get the tradition of Thanksgiving from the celebration that they had when they landed. Wow. Yeah, in 1621. Even though they went through Even they went death through. and storms and probably lack of food and everything, they still made it a priority to thank God they made it to their destination. Yeah, and they kept that vision. Wow. You know, It says, Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Yes. And they endured a, a pretty heavy cross to get here. And, and, and it, you know, we look around a lot of times and just think that, oh, all this stuff just appeared. Like, no, we're, we're living on... People's uh, sacrifices. Yes. Yeah. A lot of blood was shed, whether it's wars or whatever else. But I find, as I was doing research on this, it's fascinating like some of the the original traditions of Thanksgiving. So they, they did the celebration in 1621 in the fall to commemorate the journey. And that's the one that we that we typically point to when we're talking about Thanksgiving. And it's ironically, that's like 401 years ago. That's kind of interesting. But William Bradford, who was the longtime governor of the Plymouth colony, colony he, had a, he had a journal and he wrote at length about these things. So that's how we know a lot about the pilgrims because people study what he wrote. He also had a, an assistant named Edward Winslow. They, he was a close assistant who helped him and was referenced in those writings. So you would think like that original celebration in 1621 um, would have been the one that William Bradford wrote about, and that's why we have all this info about Thanksgiving tradition. But it's actually not true. He didn't write that much about that one. There's not much, not much written actually at all. Really? And, yeah. He didn't. He didn't even refer to it. There's another Thanksgiving Day that he was inspired by, and he wrote at length about. And it was in the summer of 1623, which is nearly two years after the event that we commemorate. And here's here's the story with this. This is this is powerful. And you, we want to talk about. Like, did we have a religious founding? Were we founded on the rock, Jesus Christ? Whoa. They landed on Plymouth Rock, but they were also sitting on another rock. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Come on, go. Yeah. All right. Here's, here's what happened. During that summer, 1623, there was a two-month drought that was threatening to wipe out their crops. And there was basically, like, they were going to starve with winter coming. So they couldn't glean from the crops um, with, with the... With the the weather circumstances. In response, Governor Bradford sets a solemn day of what he called humiliation to seek the Lord by humble and fervent prayer in this great distress. The pilgrims gathered for a prayer service that lasted eight to nine hours. And by its end, a day that had begun hot and clear all of a sudden became overcast. Whoa. And for the next 14 days, 
a steady, gentle rain restored the earth. And Winslow, the assistant, says, he wrote, But oh, the mercy of our God, who was as ready to hear as we were to ask. My gosh. Wow. Dude, they had a prayer meeting and the weather shifted. Yeah. Come on, God. I know. <laughs> and so, yeah, they... Wow. They, Winslow explained that that sign of God's favor was, it would be a, a great ingratitude or lack of, of thankfulness to not thank God publicly for the deliverance. So they set apart another solemn day where they gave glory, honor, and praise and thanks and thankfulness to God. So that's true th- Thanksgiving tradition right there. I mean, both were legit, but isn't yeah, that fascinating? That is so cool. I never knew that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I love history, man. There's so much we can glean from it, not just information, but like you said, if you have ears to hear, there's God can connect the dots too and, 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 and teach a lot. We can always learn lessons from history. And man, that's, that's so cool. Yeah. And there's so much prophetic significance for us now if we look back. But, you know, as we, as we land the plane and we just say, um, there's a couple, couple just pieces of advice, you know, as we're cultivating thankfulness, these are things we're doing. But you know, obviously, praying is, is good, it causes us to to die to our flesh. Fasting is another way we, we cultivate thankfulness in our lives. We get thankful for food or thankful for um, whatever else you're fasting from. And we talked about retreat or mission mission work, those types of things, whether sure. it's abroad or, or here. Those are some practicals that we can probably implement more regularly. Maybe lists of things we're thankful for. Yeah, lists are good. For people or for our own lives. And yeah, so as we wrap it up, why don't you just... Pray for our, pray for us, pray for our listeners, just just for thankfulness to, to explode in our hearts. Yeah, let's do it. Jesus, thank you so much, God. Thank you that you are alive, God. Thank you for being God. And Lord, we just ask that we would continue to have thankful hearts, not just during Thanksgiving time or the the fog, but every se- in every season and every day and every moment of our lives, that we would be ones who would be thankful, God, that thankfulness, like Tyler said, would explode out of our hearts, Lord, and that faith would arise in your people, God, as we just declare the works that you have done, that we would declare just your faithfulness, your goodness, your mercy in every aspect of who you are, God. I just ask for, um, yeah, just thankfulness to come out of your people, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. Yeah, God, I just thank you. Lord, thank you for America. Lord, yeah. thank you for this nation, and Lord, there's a lot that, that may have gone wrong, but Lord, we look back at the founding, Lord, the origins, and just say thank you. Yeah. Thank you for thank what you, you founded us upon, Lord, not just the literal rock, but the rock, Jesus Christ. I yes. thank you that we were founded on people who were praying, Lord, giving their lives, picking up their cross, Lord, so that there would be something greater that would come. And, and they were coming, Lord, here to spread the kingdom and, and to be missionaries in a way. Lord, I pray that we would be of that same mind and heart, Lord, as we go about our days and go about this next season of our lives, Lord. And I thank you just even for the testimonies, um, uh, people's testimonies, Lord, that there's so much power as we look back at our own history and we recognize the significance of what you've done and what you're doing. I just, I feel like there's people out there that just need to write your testimony down or you need to review it or you need to share it with people during this holiday season as a remembrance to the Lord, as a as an offering of gratitude to remember what he what he delivered you from, what he saved you from, how he how he's brought you through, and where he's taking you, and and never get to that point where we forget 
like where he, he saved us. Like I can remember the year, I can remember the months where Jesus met me and delivered me and rescued me from places where I was hopeless and I didn't think he saw and, and the pain I was going through. And I just feel like people out there, like there's something, there's a healing that's coming to some of you through the power of sharing your own testimony because it's not just for you, it's for others because Jesus is going to heal people through the stories that you've been through. I would just leave it with this, like your pain is not in vain. And I just thank yeah. you, Lord, for that word um, for many of us, Lord. Yeah, and I just get the sense that maybe somebody's thinking, like, you're thinking about your life, and you're like, oh, man, I was lucky. And the Lord just wants you to know it's not luck. It's His divine favor and divine providence on your life. You know, there's, 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 it, it's all because of Him. And yeah, I just want to encourage you, like, you know, it, it's not, it's not just dumb luck. It's, it's, it's all for a purpose and a plan and God has a plan for your life. I don't know who that's for, but I hope it blesses you and he sees you and he knows you and he loves you. And I just bless Amen. you with that. Yeah. And guys, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We hope you have a very, very thankful uh, day and a great Thanksgiving. And my name is Eric. This is Tyler. And this is the Pilgrims Podcast. Podcast.